Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of our EKN Debrief. It is episode number 114, Tuesday, June the 27th, 2023. And the event we're going to talk about today, uh, David Cole back in the office after being at the uh, USPKS Indiana Grand Prix at Newcastle Motorsports Park in Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, lots to talk about midway through a five-race program. So, uh, again, lots to talk about. If you caught any of the, the, the coverage on the ECAN radio network or through Car Chaser, there was some exciting action throughout the weekend. And we'll dive into that after this. Let's talk about the, this week's show, though, being presented by Peril in USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion from, uh, for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Perilin USA is North America's source for Perilin products, and we run a factory race team at all the major supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Perilin chassis line for 2023 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for the Cadet Classes, and the Daytona four-cycle chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. All right, let's bring uh, David Cole in here now. He was, of course, trackside throughout the entire weekend for the Indiana Grand Prix at the United States Pro Kart Series program back uh, what Newcastle Motorsports Park. David, June the 22nd to 25th, the official date. Round three of a five-race program. Only one main event each weekend, but lots of points up for grabs. Throughout the heat races, all in all, I checked out quite a bit of the the, the action, and action it was. There was a lot going on. It was. It was action-packed weekend. That is for mm-hmm. sure. No real dominant performances aside from maybe one driver that kind of really stood out uh, throughout the weekend. Maybe two drivers, really, but everything went down to the wire uh, pretty much, including all the heat races, qualifying sessions, and, of course, the main events. Uh, that were held on Sunday in what was an interesting weather day because yeah. it started out with with the threat of rain. The rain came through and lightning hit the area, so we had to go on a lightning delay for about 30 minutes before we could uh, wrap up the warm-up sessions in the morning. But the, that wet weather uh, made for a wet racetrack for the, the one LCQ race that we had and then uh, made for an interesting uh, mini Swift main event that we'll get into later. But um and then it was hot, very hot, nearly 90 degrees uh, the rest of the day with the sun shining. Wow. And then all of a sudden, as uh, as we we uh, were doing our podium ceremonies, thankfully inside because of the, the way the wind was just howling throughout the uh, the final hour of the day, um, a big heavy rainstorm came through and, and uh, lots of wind, lots of rain. There's actually tornadoes in the Whiteland area, you know, if you are familiar with the Indianapolis area. So, uh, you know, all the best to anybody affected by the tornadoes that hit the area. But uh, thankfully, uh, you know, we were all inside, uh, but made for some uh, some tough uh, 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 closing uh, minutes and hours for the uh, the teams packing up oh, and getting, and getting and out they, of the that's back-to-back weekends too. Like literally at the Supercarts USA Summer National uh, Spring Nationals in Utah, it was the same thing. We didn't even have the podiums on Sunday because it was so. Like everybody was literally holding their tents down. So you're saying the same thing happened. That, that's tough for those teams, right? Back-to-back. Uh, you know, when you you want a nice, relaxing cleanup and pack. Man, I hate it when it's like that. Yeah, and I think I think one of them was Chad Dock and Racing that had a uh, their brand new tent. Uh, 
no. re- not wrecked, but but uh, damaged uh, no. because of the wind and, and weather. So uh, I didn't confirm that, but that was what I was told. Um, okay. So again, that's you know, it's almost, Trinity Carding Group did did the thing right. They said we're just going to leave everything up. It's staked down, ready to go. We'll come back and, and tear it down later. So uh, yeah, um, you know, a lot of teams waited for that rain to pass through. So it was, but. You know, just the way the weather just kind of hit the area. I mean, it was pretty, pretty hectic inside the uh, the main building there. Let's do our uh, traditional by the numbers segment here, David, uh, as we uh, again diving through this uh, EKN debrief of the USPKS event at Newcastle. Uh, started the season off with 303 entries at Orlando, dropping down to uh, 284 at Speed Sport, leveling off essentially 287 with a couple of walkups there at Newcastle. Still tremendous numbers, man. When you're looking at 284 as being your lowest race. Uh, entries so far and again talking about you know eight classes as well just great numbers are across the board for uspks yeah truly good numbers uh all categories above the t- at the 20 mark or above uh so we were able to do that with pro shifter having its biggest category or biggest class of the year at 20 uh the largest category of the weekend was ka 100 junior that was at 59 so we did have an lcq for that category as they did move the uh the maximum number of drivers on the racetrack to 50 so every category essentially was under that except for k100 junior just uh what about senior were, were there 51 did they run all 51 in the main or did we get any drop yeah i'm not that? i think there was actually somebody who dropped out during okay. the, during the weekend but yeah they were they all 51 were in no matter what yeah nice and again big numbers for uh x30 pro at 36 the juniors uh, up a little bit from Texas to 23. And again, you know, I always kind of come back to the great numbers in micro and mini. Uh, 35 in the micro category, 44 in mini Swift. They've literally dropped one racer each event. 46 at Orlando, 45 and 44. You're going to get a couple drivers midway through the season, likely moving up to junior as well. But 44 drivers in the mini Swift and 35 in micro is fantastic. It is, yeah. And the field is very competitive. You know, that was one thing we saw throughout the weekend. Uh, you know, mini swift category, a number of drivers in contention, especially at the Newcastle circuit where, you know, a lot of drivers like that facility and do very well there. Um, and yeah, the micro swift up to 35. So it's second best number next to 39 at speed sports. So again, we're talking almost 80 drivers under the age of 12 uh, competing at the event. Yeah. And shout out to my guys on the other end of the spectrum, KA 100 master, good field there. I watched a bit of that and uh, obviously not surprising you know, the, the big guns, the big names we've seen over the last couple of years working their way to the front in that category. Yeah, still missing a few names that we'd like to see come back in, in that class. Uh, you know, but that's Masters drivers racing. You know, they just sometimes the schedules don't fit and yeah. aren't able to be at every single event. But uh, yeah, again, you know, 19 is a good number. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll continue to improve that. You know, we're missing Tommy Anderson. You know, we talked about that in the outlap. Yep. So this yep. was his drop race. So we would have been at 20. But we added Caleb Bonesky. I didn't even talk about that. So he showed up Saturday morning, literally missed warm-up Saturday morning, even yeah. though they had the cart put <laughs> Mike Doty Racing, Brandon Jars Crack Racing, put a cart together for him. He showed up. His first session was the first heat race on Saturday. And, uh, and so started at the back of, of the field throughout the weekend. And uh, and actually made his way into the top ten before wrecking on the last lap of the main. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about that, folks. Of course, we got to work our way through here. Lots to talk about after this first break in the action. We'll come back and we'll dive into the paddock pass. Lot of, lots of stuff for David to bring uh, to the forefront here under the spotlight from a weekend at Newcastle. Don't go anywhere. Just getting things rolling for this edition of the debrief. 
For over 35 years, George Barks has been deeply connected to shifter kart racing in the U.S., and he's been dedicated to one of the most iconic brands in the sport, TM. For over three decades, George Barks TM Racing USA has been supplying engine builders and kart shops with the TM product line as a trusted importer and distributor. Current customers include Darcy DeCoste Racing, Ron White Mirage Motorsports, and Two Wild Karting. Dealer inquiries are invited. The KZ and OKN class are enjoying excitement and growth this year, and TM Racing USA has all the available TM engines in stock. You can count on TM Racing USA for competitive prices and superior customer service. George has developed his stellar reputation of expertise and professionalism through his 30 plus years in the sport. Here's George to tell you in his own words. I'm George Bartz. For over 30 years, I've been proud to represent the TM Racing brand here in the United States. I know the product line inside and out, and we always have products in stock. I'd love to get the opportunity to add you to our network. From complete engine packages to each and every part in the motor, George Barks TM Racing USA is the go-to source for TM products. Connect with George via email. It's BarksTMRacing at AOL.com or call 310-714-6907. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Welcome back to uh, debrief number 114. It is June the 27th, just a couple days on from the USPKS trip to Newcastle Motorsports Park for the Indiana Grand Prix. Time to dive into the Paddock Pass right now. This uh, segment brought to you by Factory Carts. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement. It's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Super National Champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product as Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. All right, David, let's jump into the paddock pass. A bunch of stuff going on. Let's uh, let's just begin with, the you know, we talk about the fact that Newcastle kind of one of the you know spiritual homes of this series. It's been the, the USPKS has been coming to Newcastle, I think probably since the beginning. And surprisingly, probably the biggest ever event that USPKS has had at the track. It is, yeah. It was the largest event that they have had at the Newcastle Motorsports Park. It was first time, I believe, they had it in the month of June. So typically it was either the in May as a second event or the end as the, as the championship finale. So it was unique to be there in the month of June and for to be kind of like the midway point of the season. So 
Um, you know, a lot of people ha- are familiar with the racetrack, you know, obviously going in the national layout in the normal direction. Uh, everybody's very familiar with it. You know, the logistics of everything goes together really good. You know, Mike Adams has his his uh, track staff working, you know, in sync with the USPKS. So everything seemed to go off without a hitch uh, in terms of, you know, logistics and the way everything uh, sorted out for the event. But yeah, just a big, uh, you know, it'd be a big number with 287, 287 entries, uh, making it the largest event of all time at Newcastle for USPKS. If you follow along with uh, David's uh, Paddock Insider, the segment that we put together during Friday's action at the track, number of these, uh, obviously, nuggets coming out there as well. But, David, one of the ones I thought was interesting uh, because it actually brought some more to our forefront than I even knew about in the in the outlap because I talked about one driver being on a different chassis. Then when you got there, we found out exactly where they were. Uh, let's talk about the fact that silly season is kind of underway. You know, midway through, almost into the month of July, You'd, you'd say, hey, it's only the early summer, but, you know, we've all, we've all been racing since, you know, the first week of January. So it's not, it's, we're over, over halfway through the season, considering the fact that we're pretty much wrapped up in the middle of November this year. Uh, but there are drivers that are, are making some moves, moving over to some different tents, trying some different materials. So tell us what you know. Yeah, one of them we knew going in was Alessandro Dutulio moving to International Motorsports. You mentioned that he uh, not, uh, announced that on social media per, uh, just after the Utah weekend for the Scusa Pro Tour. Was on the Cart Republic all weekend long under the uh, the International Motorsports team. That was they actually have been using utilizing uh, the Cart Republic for the single speed categories, Lenzo Cart for the shifter division. So kind of a, a multi brand race team. Uh, with international motorsports out of florida the other in x30 pro was caleb gaffera in the uh the senior rookie making the move from trinity karting group and cart republic over to mike Doty racing and the ln racing cart so that was a kind of a, a reunion with him in otk products something yeah. that he won on a bunch of times last year as a junior driver so kind of a uh uh a new, a new kind of new but not new for for caleb uh, working with the Mike Doty racing crew of Brandon Jarzakrak racing as well, but put him alongside Pauli Massimino. So it was kind of a good combination. Those two have, knew each, have known each other for a long time. So it was good to kind of see those two kind of work together along with Doty and Jarzakrak. Uh, and then you go to the cadet side of things. You had two drivers actually joining uh, the Trinity Karting Group tent this weekend with the Kart Republic. It was Jackson Gibson that announced it prior to the event on social media. Uh, moving over from Rollison Performance Group, but Jackson Porter uh, also jumping over to Trinity Karting Group for the USBKS Newcastle weekend. It was actually his first visit to Newcastle and then a first weekend on the Kart Republic chassis for both of them. Interesting. Did you talk to Porter? Is this, is this just a one-off event for, for USBKS? Did we know that he is obviously working with the guys at Factory Kart? Yeah, it's uh, not known yet at this time. Uh, obviously, you know there was no factory carts at the event, so uh, yeah. help make that uh, transition. But nothing's confirmed yet as to uh, the rest of the season. We'll dig in on that. Uh, you know, one of the things we've looked over through the uh, the last couple of weeks and through the month, kind of of June, David, has been this expansion of the of the Pro Shifter field. A really good run out at the, at the Pro Tour event, Scusa Pro Tour event out at Utah. Had a bunch of great drivers. Uh, same goes, you know, as you said, a, a solid field in the pro shifter class at the USPKS race, not only with drivers and some new additional drivers coming in, but the uh, diversity of the manufacturers is something that we're really looking at as well. Not just chassis manufacturers now either, 
we got a bunch of different engine players in the game now. Yeah, that was the point. Both chassis and engine manufacturers are uh, expanding the field and pro shifter, as we talked about, moved up to 20 entries uh, on the weekend. So the largest of the 2023 season in its uh, series debut. Uh, GFC was kind of the the focal point of the article coming over and rate, making their US PKS debut uh, along with the IAMI uh, KZ engine power plant as well. So uh, that was kind of the, 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 the forefront of that article kind of uh, highlighting that uh, the, that addition uh, to the field this year, as we've seen, you know, PSL karting and Burrell art with the TM motors. We've seen magic cart uh, with the TM motors. We've seen uh Rollison performance group with Danny formal aboard the OTK chassis and the vortex engine. And so now we've added a th- uh, what we've, uh, a third engine manufacturer to the uh, to the mix, along with another chassis brand, uh, fighting for victories. Yeah, just, uh, just another layer, I think, right, uh, of storylines throughout the pro shifter category. Different chassis manufacturers, different teams, and the different engine manufacturers all coming to the forefront as well. Um, David, what else you got? Anything to cap things off here for Paddock Pass? Yeah, something we weren't able to hit on during the week uh, prior to the USPKS weekend, but was able to speak to Harley Keeble directly about him and Terry uh, Germanovich going to uh, Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course and taking part in the Dark Cart Club uh, road racing event. Uh, They were there to support their um, low-key racing, I believe is the name of the dealer, Sodi Cart dealer that uh, competes in the road racing side of things. So Harley Keeble actually prepared for Newcastle by going 95 miles an hour down the uh, the long back straightaway (laughs) at Mid-Ohio in his K100 Sodi Cart. That's awesome. I love it. What, what did he yeah, think? Yeah, so Keeble was able to uh, to pick up the victory both days. It was actually he and Chad Dockin uh, going, uh, battling it out for the victory both days as they were able to draft away from the rest of the field. Uh, Keeble just kind of took the old guy to school and uh, was able <laughs> to, uh, to edge him out at the line both days. Uh, he said it was fun, but uh, extremely dangerous and probably would never do it again. <laughs> Well, listen, it's something you're brand new. If you haven't done it before, it's obviously a wild thing. And no doubt about it. Oh, that's good. Good to see Harley getting out there. That's kind of cool. I love it. Yeah. And provide, uh, again, provide a, you know, Sodi cart dealer with opportunity to work with a factory driver such as yeah. Harley and, uh, you know, get his view take on, on chassis setups. And so it was, it was a good business weekend for, for Sodi, Sodi Racing USA. Uh, but like I said, I don't think you'll see Keeble uh, racing Daytona cart week <laughs> in the, uh, in the uh, road racing division. All right. Good to know. All right, folks, on to another uh, commercial break. When we come back, it's time to dive into the race report. We're going to come back with X30 Pro, KA100 Senior, and Pro Shifter. Winning takes a team, and Northern California Carters can take advantage of one of the best, working with the Carding Collective based at Sonoma Raceway. The Carding Collective is a full-service cart shop and a longtime official Sodi car dealer founded by karting and racing veteran Nick LaDuke. Nick's decades of experience brings the knowledge needed to reach the podium, with a focus on attention to detail and providing a fun culture within the race team. A whole host of services are available with the Karting Collective, including trackside support, chassis setup, and driver coaching, as well as kart storage, kart service, and repair. Arrive and drive opportunities are also available. Visit thekartingcollective.com or call 415-328-1112. 
You can find them on social media as well and make sure to give them a follow. Make the most out of every lap with a perfectly prepped cart from the Carding Collective. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 114, as we're diving into the USPKS event at Newcastle Motorsports Park this past weekend. It is June the 27th here, so the last weekend was the midway point of a five-stop USPKS program for 2023. Diving now into the race report presented today by Sodi Racing USA. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Scusa Super Nationals winner. It is Sodi Kart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the United States. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the Karting Distribution banner. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers products in classes from mini karts to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Visit Sodi-Racing.com. Dash USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Car chassis or call 954 634 5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Car, the world leader in the karting industry. All right, David, we'll dial things in. Uh, I was at the Scusa race, so you played quarterback. I'll play quarterback now. You're going to run with the ball. Uh, X30 Pro by Franklin Motorsports. Here is the headlines. We're into the race report. Garrison claims first since 2019. You know, this was probably, you know, you were in Utah. I wasn't there. I didn't get to see it firsthand, but I would say this was probably one of the greatest weekends for X30 Pro of the season. Just wow. the amount of uh, competitiveness throughout the field and, and at the front uh, all weekend long just made for you didn't know who was going to be able to come out on top. Nice. You know, start the weekend started. Diego Ramos uh, aboard the PSL karting. Burrell Art was the quickest in qualifying. Was able to edge out uh, Elio Meza and and Blake Nash, who was impressive in qualifying, uh, to be able to be the top three drivers in that session at the end of Friday. However, heat races came, and it was three different drivers taking the race wins. It was Ramos in the first heat, Aiden Ingrata coming up from the thirteenth spot. To, to win wow. uh, heat number two, which was uh, an exciting and, and kind of crazy race. We saw a number of drivers making contact. So it was probably the more chaotic race that we saw on Saturday. 
everything kind of settled down a little bit more in heat three as Braden Eves powered his way aboard the MPG Cart Republic to the front, uh, starting in six spots. So a lot of shuffling throughout the day on situation Saturday with three, three heat races for sure. Uh, that set up Diego Ramos holding on to the uh, the top spot for the pole position for the main event with three top five finishes. So consistency, again, a big player and a major part of uh, your your success here at the United States Pro Kart Series. Eves allows alongside on the outside of front row. Pauli Massimino and Aiden Ingrata on the second row with Ryan Norberg and Joe Turney, the speed sports winner, on row three. Uh, the main event started out with a wild couple of opening laps, including contact between Eves and Norberg. They came through turn one. Norberg made the move. Eves held the outside line as he did. Tried to run the rumble strips all the way to its end and made that little bump there, coming trying to come back onto the, the actual pavement itself. Made contact with Norberg. They kind of went up in the air. That bent the whole front end for Eves, taking him out of the race. But all that contact and shuffling allowed Joe Turney to kind of get out and get away from the rest of the field with a lead. So you would think, well, he did the same thing at Speed Sports. Right. He's going to do gone. the same thing again. Not this time. Austin Garrison, just a, a, a tick quicker than what Turney was able, was able to put down in the main event in terms of pace. Garrison was able to run him down, make the move, and then from there just drove away to a 2.3 margin of victory for his first victory, as we said, since 2019 at the United States Pro Kart Series. A couple of things I thought was interesting. I saw the interview with uh, Garrison and he had said that uh, the, the cart just kept getting better. Like it literally was just, he was dropping, you know, dropping a couple of tenths of a second near the end of the run, which is obviously exactly what you want. And then what I thought was interesting, any time you're leading a race like that, um, you know, you're obviously coming to the end. And I love the fact when he came down the line, I think to get, he was coming down to essentially get the white flag and looked over his shoulder and realized that the guys were battling behind him, right? He had Norberg and Ramos, all those guys in the middle of the scrap behind him. And I think kind of probably take a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a breath of air knowing that, Hey, they're going to fight for second. I'm probably going to be able to cruise to the end for this. So 2.3 seconds to win for Garrison. That, like, you know, like the headline said, David, the first big win since 2019. That's awesome for Austin. Well, first win, I think he's won something already. That I think he was at the Scuso Winter Series win, but this is his first uh, USPKS win since 2019 when he was on what chassis? Can you remember? 2019? Yeah. Man, I want to say a Cosmic. CRG. On the CRG. Wow. Yes. Okay. He actually split the wins that weekend. He and, um, oh, see, now Come I on. had the name in my head and I can't. Come think on, of David. It. Oh, my gosh. Former OGP driver. He was actually on a TB cart that weekend. Wow. Oh my gosh. Very long name. Come on. I'll give you one. I'll give you a second. Hard charger. Was Hollingshead. Hollingshead. There we go. Zach, Zach Hollingshead? Yeah. yeah. So they split the wins that weekend. Yep. Wow. Interesting. All right. Uh, hard charger. Isidoro Vizarro on the cart Republic up 20 spots. Well done. 31st up to 11th. But uh, the bottom line is uh, you, you talked about Garrison getting the win. Wrap it up with the battle. Uh, for the final positions of the top five, because the last lap was pretty hectic. Yeah, Norberg slipped down outside the top five there after that contact with Eves, able to fight his way forward and and able to get ahead of uh, Diego Ramos. Uh, Joe Turney just slipped back into the four spot, just not just not able to keep pace uh, 
uh, as we said with Garrison and then uh, Harley Keeble able to slip up into the, the fifth spot. And as you said, Garrison ran his quickest lap on lap 16. And then as you said, looked behind him, saw he had a gap and nice. the, the last two laps were a tick off of what he had just ran before. Again, Norberg, single- however, What's Norberg, that? however, did have fast lap of the race. So, and that was lap 14 as he was trying to catch up to these, uh, this group up front. I did see a bunch of, obviously one of the things that car chase were showing David was the guys uh, in the, uh, you know, the scale line. And I saw that Norberg had got a, you know, a white slip for something after the main event. Was that, was there a penalty there? Was it, what was it? Any idea? There was a penalty and later overturned, uh, oh, right. I believe for, uh, contact with uh Pauli Massimino I believe it was okay I didn't see that I didn't see the situation I'm not sure um they said says lap six turn one but what I saw was is Norberg made a pass and Massimino just kind of screwed up on the uh trying to slide in behind him so oh okay um, yeah, yeah so so yeah not really sure I, when the penalty was called I was like that's not really a penalty but uh, <laughs> So they overturned it. Um, right. you know, well, I, you I don't know this, how that all worked out, but yeah, so he was going to be docked uh, three positions, which would have taken him off uh, the second spot, knocked him down yeah. to fifth, but uh, kept him in second. All right. Remember, single event, uh, main event format at USPKS. So there you go. Done for X30 Pro, brought to you by Franklin Motorsport, one of the one main events. Uh, for KA100 Senior, presented by Mike Doty Racing, here's the headline. Shipman pulls out first victory with last lap move. You know, KA100, you know, as we talked about, had 51 drivers. They still ran the the uh, ABCD f- heat format. So we had uh, multiple heat races throughout the day on Saturday, but then they blended them all back together uh, for the main event, that one single main event on Sunday. Uh, Austin Jers was the top driver in qualifying, laid down a really solid lap in that session with championship contender Peyton Phillips there in second, and then Connor Ferris in the third spot. Um, then we got into the heat races. Jers won two of his three heat races. Unfortunately, in the second heat race, contact between he and Aiden Rudolph uh, dropped them to the tail of the field and took away a possible win by either driver, uh, which was an early contact. So again, just early contact uh, and not helping those two drivers. Braden Eves scored two victories in the heat races. He won the second and third heat in the, uh, the heat flights while Connor Ferris won two heats of his own, winning uh, one of the heat first heats and then one of the second heat races. So pretty solid uh, you know, viewpoint in terms of, okay, these are three top drivers who are going to be towards the front. Yep. Unfortunately for Jers, you know, he had that um, near DNF or, or finish towards the back. Oh, I got to get my, my, uh, my papers in the right, my papers in the right order. Uh, he started in the main event from the 15th position. So that did not, that uh, 26 finish along with the two heat wins uh, did not really help him in terms of trying to compete for victory. But Braden Eves, as we said, two wins can put him on the pole position alongside Connor Ferris with his two wins. Meza, Elio Meza and John Burke in row two, Cooper Shipman and Peyton Phillips in row three. Ended up being a four-driver breakaway that included Eves Ferris, Mick Gabriel coming up from the seventh spot, and John Burke up at the front of the field. Uh, A last-lap battle. Uh, Basically, they're kind of riding together, not really fighting too hard, but able to keep a gap on the rest of the field. And we knew it would come down to the last lap. Well, the last white flag was waving. 
And Connor Ferris, sitting there in second behind Braden Eves, went for it in turn one. They went side by side. And again, very similar to what we saw in X30, but this race was actually before that. So uh, Eves held the outside line, tried to go as deep as he possibly could from the outside to kind of kind of ruffle up Ferris a little bit, who was sitting there on the inside. Well, as they slowed their pace through, through turn one, Cooper Shipman was sitting there right in there in third, went three wide on the exit and dove into, you know, got to the, uh, the apex of turn two before they could came away with a lead. And that was the winning move for Cooper Shipman as he was able to cruise away to the race win and pick up his first USPKS victory. Yeah. So in the end, uh, Ferris comes home in second. If I'm not mistaken, cause I think I saw some, but did, did Eves, he, was he out afterwards? Did he, did he not make the, make the finish again or so, as they made their way through turn three, turn four, down to turn five, Gabriel made a move on Eves, who I believe they were now just sitting uh, third and fourth. So Eves was sitting, I believe, third now. And Gabriel made a move. The two kind of went off track a little bit. Or oh, I didn't see really that. Hurt, yeah. It really hurt Eves is Eves. what it was. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he continued to slip back. And he actually ended up finishing in seventh because the second group came up forward, which included Burke, Jers, and and harley keeble uh gabriel was penalized at the scale line but that play that uh call was overturned so he retained the four spot with john burke moving up into the third position uh aboard the crg at, while uh, austin jurors ended up finishing in fifth so a good drive from 15th to 10 or from 15th to fifth uh but again looking at the the top five that's you know and if you yeah, top five is five different chassis brands. So yeah, a very yeah. diverse uh, front of the field at the end of the day. Uh, and let's look at uh, the hard charger. James Overbeck started all the way back in 50th, David. Essentially the tail of the field, 50th, drove up to 18th, 32 spots forward for James Overbeck. That's a lot of passing uh, through a main event. Yeah, I think it was an engine change that put him at the back oh, really? of the field because he was actually slated to start uh, 23rd. So I think that's an engine change, which put him at the back of the field. Okay. Let's move to the pro shifter category presented by SRP engines. Here's your headline. Wick picks up first USPKS for uh, GFC and IAMI. Yeah, it should be picks up first win USPKS win. Sorry. Forgot that. All right. Um, basically. Here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta proofread it when you read it, buddy. Come on now. I listen, I, I'm juggling time here. <laughs> Uh, it was basically two hour window. It was basically a two driver battle all all weekend long between Kyle Wick and AJ Myers. You know, Myers coming off the victory uh, at Speed Sports, while Wick coming off the two runner up finishes in Utah. So both had some pretty good momentum, and both had uh, very much the the most speed out of anybody in the field throughout the weekend. Nobody else finished first or second aside from Wick and Myers. Wow, okay. uh, Wick ended up getting the edge and qualifying over over Myers. I think it was almost by three tenths of a second. Just an wow. amazing lap uh, for Wick to be able to put down at the end of the day on Friday when the track is not at its best. But uh, they were able to kind of pinpoint the right setup for that day. Uh, heat races ended up being AJ Myers picking up two of the wins while Kyle or Kyle Wick picked up the second heat race win. So it still kept them on the front row with this time Myers starting on the inside of the front row for the main event. And it was a great hole shot. It was really more so the, the positioning of himself going into turn two as Wick was kind of left to the outside and the marbles a little bit got, got kind of slowed his pace to where Myers probably had about at least a 10 to 12 cart length lead 
uh, by the end of the first lap. So maybe okay. about, you know, half a second that he had over Wick. Uh, but eventually Wick was able to kind of settle himself back down, get uh, the, the the cart handling the right way and was able to kind of just reel in uh, Myers lap by lap and eventually took the lead on lap 13 out of the 18 laps. And from there, drove away to a near one second margin of victory for his first victory. And of course, the first victory for GFC karting in the category. Yeah, that's pretty big for sure. Same with Iami and the engines as well, getting that victory. Big one for, for Wick. 0.940 was the gap between first and second over AJ Myers. Behind them, Jacob Gulick coming off that win at the Scusa Pro Tour race in Utah. David, was he still pretty much in the hunt? Every time I saw you posting stuff to Facebook and Twitter, I could see Gulick in the top 10, top five. Seems like he was he was still a player throughout the weekend. Yeah, battled some gremlins in the heat races. Only had the best finish of third in one of them. Uh, but was able to put together everything in the main event. It looked like Pickett was going to be able to pull off that third place uh, finish, but Gulick was able to get him towards the end of the race. And then they had uh, Talon Yakel right there battling with both of them. So a good battle uh, at the end of the race between those three drivers for the third spot on the podium. So again, you know, GFC, Magic Heart, Burrell Cart or Burrell Art. Uh, among the the leaders in terms of the shifter ranks, and then you add in Danny Formal on the OTK Cosmic. Uh, good, good, diverse field in the pro shifter division. Uh, just a quick little question: uh, Martin Kremer's third and qualifying third in the opening heat race. That's all I see of him uh, in the in the you know main the rest of your report notes here. What was anything off for Kremer's on the weekend, or did they have some issues, or what? Just no pace, you know uh, the you know. Um, that is one thing. Pickett was actually using a, uh, a Swede Tech R1 engine while uh, the other Brill Art PSL drivers were using the TMR2 engine. Okay. Uh, so a little bit of difference in engine, but Pickett said also the chassis was handling a, a lot better than what it's been in the, in the rest of the season. Uh, so, you know, Kremer's just just struggling for pace right now. You know, fell, ended up finishing seventh in the main event. I think he was up wow. to third. At the uh, at the start, got good was good on cold tires. Got up, uh, no, got up to fifth actually, um, but uh, ended up dropping down to the seventh spot behind uh, Gio, Gio. I can never say his name. I don't have in front of me, so I can't tell you. Oh, Carrera. Giorgio, Cur- Giorgio, Giorgio, Carrera. Giorgio. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Uh, hard charger in the pro shifter category. Jake Donald on the Cart Republic, up four spots from fifteenth to eleventh, almost into the top ten, but. Uh, that's the that was it in terms of advancement in the field of 20 up to uh, four spots. After this break, we get back. We're going to keep rolling with this race report, which is brought to you today by Sodi Racing USA. We'll have a look at uh, X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and KA100 Master. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. Are you a club racer looking for that next challenge? Or a driver searching for more racing? Look no further than the leading karting series in the Midwest. The Route 66 Sprint Series is focused on providing a fun, family atmosphere while also offering a perfect stepping stone for those at a club level looking to take their racing to the next level. With nine different classes, the Route 66 Sprint Series has racing for all ages, utilizing IAMI and Briggs and Stratton engines, including the new for 2023 Championship Point Scoring Kid Kart category. The four-event Route 66 Sprint Series calendar has stops at some of the Midwest finest karting facilities, kicking off the season at Newcastle Motorsports Park on May 19th through the 21st, with additional events at Road America in July, 
the newly renovated Whiteland Raceway Park in August, and the championship finale at Millwright Raceway, the home of Badger Kart Club in September. Whether you're trying to make the step up to regional racing or a seasoned pro of the sport, the Route 66 Sprint Series is right for you. For more information, go to Route66CartRacing.com and find us on social media at Route 66 Sprint Series. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Welcome back to the ECAN Debrief, episode 114. It's June the 27th, and David Cole's taking us on an inside run through the USPKS Indiana Grand Prix that uh, took place last weekend at Newcastle Motorsports Park, halfway point through the USPKS 2023 season. Into the race report here now. We've got three more categories to talk about. This race report brought to you by Sodi Racing USA. David, let's go to X30 Junior, presented by Rawlson Performance Group. Here is the headline, Rivera extends streak to three. It was not the performance we're used to seeing on Rivera as he walked away for victories and the opening two rounds at United States Pro Car Series. This time, it was a battle, and it was a, a multi-driver battle. It was not just uh, Rivera. It included uh, top qualifier Anthony Martella uh, with Speed Concept Racing, along with uh, Stephen Miller for Chad Dawkin Racing aboard the Kart Republic. Miller, however, didn't show his his hand until the main event as it was uh, Rivera and Martella picking up wins in the heat races. Rivera picking up two, Martella picking up one. Miller only had a best finish of runner up in the heat races as he finished seventh and sixth, but still put him fourth on the main event behind uh, or on the main event grid behind Rivera, Martella and Jackson Wolney uh, filling out the front four spots in the main event grid so as the green flag waved and the uh, early laps completed it was the top three of rivera martella and miller that were able to get away from the rest of the field as there was a big group battling uh for that fourth position uh up front back and forth a couple of lead changes but eventually rivera showed his hand had uh, just a little bit more pace than martella and miller did and was able to keep a 1.2 margin of vic or margin 
ahead of them at the checkered flag to record his third victory of the season. Uh, interestingly, David, uh, 1.2 seconds was the margin. I'll, I'll say this. Obviously, we know that uh, Ernesto Rivera is really showing the way here. He's been so impressive out of the gate. Anthony Martell, I think, coming on big time to the middle of the season as well. He uh, showed well in Utah and then here at Newcastle Motorsports Park. So really dialing things in the red speed with Speed Concepts Racing. Uh, Miller, Weldon, and Burnett, top five. Uh, hard charger Alexander Vanchev on the LN Racing Cart. A 14-spot improvement, 23rd up to ninth. That's a solid run in a field like this. Yeah, solid run, but there was a lot of shuffling. And if you look at the results as well, a lot of bumper penalties. Uh, really? We had four drivers with six-second bumper penalties, Ooh. and then we had three more with three-second bumper penalties. So that could be part of the reason for the multiple uh, spots earned. Uh, for for Vanchev uh, in the in the race, I was I did not look at the at the lap chart here, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't seem like it was that rough of a race, but say. again, you know, pushback <laughs> yeah. bumpers. You know, they, they just happen and then they can't get them overturned, or they've already had one overturned, so they can't do it again. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't that rough of a race looking at it from from my vantage point. Okay, uh, still a lot. Still a lot of pushbacks. A lot of contact. It is still I mean, a lot of that pushbacks. Means, that means con- that means aggressive contact, right? Even though you know, I'm just saying. It's just again, we t- people talk about the, the why we have the pushbacks. You know, if we if we can do a race where nobody gets any pushbacks, then we can talk about not having pushbacks anymore. <laughs> but when you get a well, but whole, you know, whole host accordion effects happen, and if yeah. again, if they've already used their their uh, their video review, now remind or, remind people you know. remind people of that rule, David. I can't remember it exactly off the top of my head, but I'm, I believe if, if you do a video review and it is not overturned, you're not allowed to uh, submit another video another review one. for a pushback bumper. Uh, I know, who was it? Uh, I think it was Aiden Ingrata, who nearly had a review every, every race, but uh, had them overturned because wow, of okay. just the way things unfolded. So uh, yeah, again, I, 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 didn't I did not look back that far back into the field in terms of bumpers. I know the top five or six did not have any in this category. Okay. So it's it was all mid pack and be and back. All right. Good good to know. All right. Moving on to the KA one hundred junior class presented by BBS Racing Engines. Uh the headline Weldon earns first following post race penalties. David, you're gonna walk us through this qualifying all the heat races. Obviously, it all came down to the last lap, which was a wild one for sure. But again, Weldon earns first following post-race penalties. How did it all play out? Yeah, it all came down to the scale line, basically. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, well, you know, it, it was finalized in, at the scale at yeah. the scale line and, and afterwards as well. But uh, it was a wild weekend um, with a lot of different drivers uh, showing speed and, and performing well, but not being consistent again. You know, that's always going to be one of the key factors, I think, in the USBKS, especially with this format, is being consistent not only on the year, but throughout the weekend as well. Um, top qualifier was, um, uh, sorry. Fernando Luque. Fernando Luque, uh, as he was able to uh, to best Austin Olds, I think it was maybe one thousandth of a second. It was a, it was a really close qualifying session. And again, doing the five-lap session, a lot of uh, drivers were partnering up and getting some draft things, you know, but again, it wasn't like the whole 
I'm going to stall for five, you know, four laps and try and nail a fast one. It was, uh, you know, just try and find a good partner and run with them throughout the session. So it was a unique qualifying session, especially for Newcastle trying to go five laps. Yeah. Um, in the heat races again, split up because of the, uh, the larger field. So we had the A, B, C, and D flights. Uh, Sebastian Garzon picked up the first heat win along with Stephen Miller. And then it was Oliver Weldon, who actually had a terrible qualifying session, ended up 29th overall, but, but fought his way forward to actually win in heat two, along with Trevor Brown, who ha- had a uh, two bad heat races. So the win helped him, but he still started the main event in 28th after qualifying 12th. So uh, we had some drivers fight their way forward in heat two. And I'm going to say there were probably some pushback bumper penalties uh, in that race as well. Uh, Steven Miller, the only driver to pick up two heat wins in this category, along with Ernesto Rivera, the two-time race winner coming into the weekend, actually not getting up to the front of the field toward, until the end of Saturday. Uh, so it set the grids like this with Sebastian Garzon and Caleb Tarter, a junior rookie, starting on the outside of the front row, racing with MPG Motorsport on a Cart Republic. Uh, Peyton Westcott, who we've seen continue to be consistent. She had three top five finishes. So she started from inside of row two alongside Austin Olds with Stephen Miller and Diego Giat in the uh, outside the outside the third row. Rivera started seventh. Uh, He was able to make his way towards the front along with Stephen Miller and Austin Olds as they were the top three drivers to run away at the early part of the race, as it was a hectic race behind them uh, with uh, drivers fighting for the fourth position. Eventually, uh, Oliver Weldon, who I said started back in, where did I say, ninth position, uh, got his way towards the front of that group and then was able to run away from them while also running down the top three toward the end of the race. So as we set up for that last lap, it ended up being a four driver pack getting the white flag. Well, last lap K 100 racing. What do you <laughs> expect going to happen, Rob? Yeah. They're going to yeah. run the defensive line. Yeah, of course <laughs> so Steven Miller did exactly that throughout the entire lap. He had Austin Olds basically on his bumper the entire way, trying to give him just a little bit of a love tap to maybe move him out of the way or set his cart off the, in the, uh, in, in the outside direction through a corner. Didn't happen though, as they went through I 70 and then it was everybody for themselves. Uh, olds tried to make a run on the inside. Unfortunately, he got kind of, I don't know if it was moved or just avoided contact, uh, with Miller and went off into the, into the grass at the kink section section coming to the flag. That uh, obviously slowed Old's pace, and so he kind of slipped back into fourth as Weldon now became the driver on the charge as he got a great run out of I-70. So he moved to the inside, and where I was standing, I couldn't tell what was going on. I wish there was a, a head-on camera view of it, but there, there wasn't exactly that. But what happened was Weldon went to the inside. Miller started swerving, according to officials, towards Weldon as uh, Rivera darted around to the outside. So essentially it was a three wide finish at the line. Miller got there first. Weldon near basically crossed the line in the grass uh, for second with Rivera on the outside in the third position. Uh, and when they got to the scale line, uh, race official, race director Blake Hunt was right there, handed, actually handed Stephen Miller the penalty 
for swerving and said, we, we cannot have that happen ever again. Uh, wow. So I, I, again, I didn't see the, the, the actual move, but uh, was told he looked at him and drove the cart directly towards Weldon as they were coming to the checkered flag. Both par, uh, Porter and Blake, who were standing at the line, had to move in case they were, they were worried about getting hit because of the, uh, the aggressive move by Miller. So Miller received a disqualification for the swerving coming to the checkered flag, thus promoting Weldon to the top spot of the podium for his first uh, junior victory at the series. Wow. Uh, Rivera, we talked about the fact that Rivera was there and this was Olds. Rivera ends up going to second, Olds into third. Uh, Caleb Tartar coming home in the four spot and Isaac Malkin, who was kind of a factor throughout the entire weekend, ends up in the fifth position. So good run overall. Some, uh, as David said, aggressive racing. Hard charger up 23 spots from 47th up to 24th after uh, finishing P3 in the LCQ to make the main event. Antoine Lemieux in the uh, the Tony cart ends up uh, running his way up into the top 25. 24th place finish for Lemieux after coming through the LCQ. Solid run there as well. Yeah, and again, Rivera was only a thousandth of a second off Weldon. So nearly picked up the victory. So his actual win streak ended by one thousandth of a second, technically, <laughs> when you look at the results. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tartar and, and Malkut, they're making their junior debut at USPKS, at least in the in this category. Uh, we're in the hunt all weekend long. Yeah. You know, Tartar had uh, three top four finishes. Malkut had uh, two runner-up finishes but a 13th in the opening heat, but he was a factor all weekend long as well too. So, and there's something about Newcastle. Those two love Newcastle. They do. <laughs> they do right. <laughs> you know, They're as right. we look back at the cadet days. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How many times have we talked about both those drivers in the cadet races at, at uh, Newcastle for sure. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's go. Okay. Oh, yeah. One more, one more note. Uh, yeah. I was going to say just, again, just an impressive weekend by olds kept his nose clean. Didn't make any mistakes. Just unfortunately, just the way the, uh, the run of the checkered flag just did not work in his favor. So, uh, uh, but overall a good weekend for him. Nice. Uh, let's go to KA 100 masters to uh, cap off this segment. Then we'll come back of course with mini and micro, uh, KA 100 masters presented by speed concepts racing. Here is the headline dominating win for Mardan. Yeah, Mardan was just, uh, it just seemed like he had a, a little bit more than everybody else on the weekend. The only blemish he had was heat one. Ended up uh, setting fast time and qualifying, got a good draft in, uh, in, in his lap. And so he was able to edge out uh, Mike Rollison for the top spot in qualifying. But it ended up being Adam Kreppen, who we saw at Speed Sports, do really well and be among the, uh, the contenders all weekend long, but just came up short. Uh, in Texas, he ended up winning the opening heat race, but Mardan came back to win uh, the final. T- <clears throat> Excuse me, the final two. On- <laughs> Get some water, man. My Delight voice is not ready. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been what six weeks since I had to you know talk a lot. It, it's so. been a while. True, that's right. Yeah, so Mardan uh, ended up finishing the last two races on Saturday, setting up for him on the pole position once again for the main event alongside Kreppen, uh, who filled out the front row. And those two were able to break away uh, from the rest of the field early on. It looked like Kreppen was just kind of setting his pace, you know, kind of playing it out, waiting for, you know, waiting for his moment. But all of a sudden, he just lost pace, like just something in the cart did not agree with, uh, you know, the conditions at the time. And see, so he eventually lost a draft from from Mardan, and then was eventually uh, 
taken over by my, both Mike Rollison and then Mario Barrios ended up fighting him for a position as well, too. Um, we'll get into that later. So Mardan was out front all by himself. And as Rollison moved into the second spot, he began slowly and slowly creeping in on Mardan. But uh, he was there in the final lap but uh, just didn't have quite enough for him to make a move on Mark Dan as he went uncontested to the checkered flag for his first victory of the season. Wire to wire. That's big. Nicely done. Again, he he's just, he's good at Newcastle as well too. Anytime you see Mardan at Newcastle, you gotta, you gotta factor him as a uh, contender for sure. True enough. Yeah. Mardan on the Technocart for Technocart USA, Rawlison, Barrios, Miguel Mir, and Nikki Coelho. Uh, rounding out the top five, Martin Stone, the hard charger, up five spots, started outside the top 12, worked his way up into seventh. David, anything to cap off with Masters before we go to another break? Yeah, crepping down to the sixth spot, just again, you know, couldn't have the pace and then was, wasn't able to fight off Barrios, Mir, and Coelho. Coelho actually was, I think, into the third spot at one time, but uh, drove off track and lost no. uh, lost a couple spots. But, uh, you know, overall, again, almost... Almost five different chassis brands in this one as we had uh, two Cosmics in there. Another quick break, folks. When we get back, we'll wrap up the race report brought to you by Sony Racing USA. We'll dive into Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Top level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S., or the Super Soft Green SS and the Intermediate White IZ Optional Compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. Hey there, my name is Dion Valmoltka, and I grew up karting and was fortunate enough to one day achieve my dream of becoming a professional race car driver. Looking back at my career, the most fun I had was in karting, but it was also one of the most challenging times in my career too. I often found myself craving expert guidance from someone who had been there before, that had done it and knew the right path forward, but it just wasn't available. And that's why I created Blaze Coaching. It's a platform designed to ensure every driver has the chance to learn from the best, from those who have faced the challenges and know what it takes to become a champion in our sport. Just imagine being coached by 2023 Indy 500 winner Joseph Newgarden, or Indy 500 front-wheel qualifier Spencer Piggott, or how about Acura factory driver Ricky Taylor? They're all here as coaches on Blaze, ready to help you along your path. It's designed to meet you where you are, so no matter what your experience level is, where you race, what you race, or what your goals are, your Blaze coach is there to help. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit blaze.io backslash carding today. That's B-L-A-Y-Z-E dot I-O backslash carding.
back here on the EKN Radio Network with uh, episode 114 of the Debrief uh, Race Report podcast. We're talking about the USPKS event, round number three, the Indiana Grand Prix. Uh, uh, here in late June at Newcastle Motorsports Park. David Cole was, was, of course, trackside. We'll cap things off right now with the race report brought to you by Sodi Racing USA. We'll move into the Mini Swift class presented by DNJ Intermodal Services. The headline, Tire Selection Hands McGoy First USPKS Triumph. All right, Dave, tell me more about this. You, you kind of alluded to it in the preview. What happened with the, with the Mini Swift main? Yeah, again, the Mini Swift main was the only one affected by the weather uh, with the rain shower that we did have come through and the little lightning delay that we had. The warmer temperatures uh, certainly dried up the track, I think, quicker than everybody expected with only what I think maybe 12 drivers we had on the track for the one LCQ that that was run uh, prior to the main event. But uh, to set up to the main event, we had Tristan Murphy setting fast time and qualifying over uh, Jackson Tovo. But it was actually Travis Pettit and Marco Romero picking up wins in the heat races. As we said, this is, was a kind of a wild day, a weekend in the mini swift category with a number of drivers in contention. Pettit won the first race over McGoy with Romero in third. But then Romero ended up winning the other two heat races over Vega uh, Royce Vega and Tristan Murphy that's set up for Romero and Tristan Murphy on the front row. And then Michael McGoy and Travis Pettit in row two, along with Royce Vega and William Kim uh, rounding out the third row. And so the first main event on the racetrack was mini swift. So as they were doing the national anthem, drivers and mechanics are on the grid, changing tires, deciding if they go dry or wet. Uh, walking down the grid, the dry tires ended up being the more popular selection. However, the front row of Romero and Murphy were on rain tires. Then you had McGoy and Travis Pettit in row two on dry tires. And then uh, Royce Vega sitting fifth on rain tires. So it was kind of a mix up front, but I think pretty much everybody back there uh, elected to go with the dry tires. Cause I started writing dry tires down first. Yeah. I don't have my paper in front of me. And I, cause I thought that was going to be the lower selection, but it, I think it ended up being the, the majority selection by a number of the drivers on the field. So what would we have? 44, I think drivers we said were in the field. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 44 total. Yep. 44. Yeah. So yep. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say it was maybe about half then went dry and the other half went wet, but uh, a lot of the drivers up front selected the dry. Well, the race went green and, and, you know, for the most part, the field did an amazing job. Uh, keep everybody keeping it on the racetrack, a couple drivers off here and there, but nothing too significant, nothing crazy, but the rain tires were certainly a selection. And Rob, you can relate to this uh, in my master's race at cup cards, North America, where the first <laughs> couple opening laps rain tires were great. But after that, what happens? Yeah, fall down the garbage. That's it. <laughs> They're garbage. That's, it. Yeah. that's exactly isn't it. it. So, is David? Isn't it crazy that that's back to back national events that happened to Mini Swift? Where some guys, because that same thing with the Scusa race, some guys were on dries, some guys were on wets. Palacio stayed with the wets. He gets the win. McGoy went dries in Utah, and he went dries as well again. This time mm -hmm. it paid off. Last time it did not. So wow, it's gutsy move to a certain extent to be. You know, he and Pettit being the front guys, the further forward risking it for the for the drives but like like you said here lap five drives kind of stepped up 
Well, what was interesting too is, you know, Tristan Murphy and Michael McGoy both under the Ryan Perry Motorsport tent. And I talked to Ryan Perry about it. He said, we gave, we gave them all the information and we let the mechanics make the decision. So Murphy went with Reigns. McGoy's mechanic went with Dries. Um, and I want to say, who was the other one? Jackson Tovo was the other RPM. And I believe he went with uh, Rain Tires as well. So McGoy was the only one under the under the tent that actually went uh, with the, the dry tires. So lap five of the race, the sun is shining. And you can just see how the, the dry tire drivers are just knifing around the racetrack. Yeah. So yeah. by what lap 10, uh, McGoy basically went from, I think he was eighth early on in the race because he didn't fall too far back. That was the one thing too, is being good on dry tires on, on a damp racetrack. McGoy yep. kept it was, was the one driver to kind of keep it very close or at least towards the front of the field. But by lap 10, he was all the way up into the lead and just drove away, uh, had a massive lead by the time he got past uh, Royce Vega and Marco Romero, who were leading up front with the rain tires and just drove away to an eight second margin of victory for his first USPKS victory. Yeah, let's throw this out there. Romero and Vega and, and Carter Barkas, who were out front early, not even coming home in the top five. Where did they end up? Where, where did where did the guys in the West end up when the things kind of went south, uh, south on lap five? Well, for, first the top five, uh, Travis yep. Pettit uh, had a little bit of a slip up in the early laps, but was able to race his way up into the second spot. Clearly had the uh, a big advantage over the battle for third that went down to the wire as Jackson Porter making his Cart Republic Trinity Karting Group debut was able to edge out Lucas Palacio for the third position while Luca Mars put himself in the fifth spot. And I want to say there were six uh, Trinity Karting Group, Kart Republic drivers in the top 10. So wow. uh, kind of a big weekend for for that group, with especially with the new drivers they recruited uh, on the weekend. But in terms of rain tires, uh, the top driver on rain tires were Carter Barkis finishing 12th, Mark Romero 13th, and then Royce Vega in the 15th position. So just outside the top 10 for those two drivers, they were able to hang on as best as they could on the rain tires. But when you look at best laps, you know, the best lap of the race was a 13, eight. And you look at Marco, his best lap was a 17, seven. So wow. nearly four seconds slower. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? It, it's, it goes either way. You know, same thing happened in Utah. Like I said, the, the drives were better, but not until much later in the race, obviously lap five guys that went drives made the right call. Tyrone Kemper, hard charger, on the energy chassis, started 33rd, got his way up to 11th. I'm going to say he was very likely on the dry tires as well. Correct. Uh, yes, he was. In the field. So uh, good job for Tyrone. But uh, congratulations to Michael McGoy on a big win. And again, wild wow, that back-to-back national weekends, they're having to deal with uncertain conditions and, and a call between dry, uh, uh, dries and wets. Always, I find it as an announcer, always a uh, really intriguing race, David, when you have that, well, that kind of dichotomy. If I recall, the Texas Sprint Racing Series had the same thing in Mini Swift as well, too. Uh, they Did had they really? one driver. Yeah, they. I think they had one driver that went out on uh, rain tires, or I, I, I can't remember which way it was, but um, however it was, but something about the Mini Swift category in wet weather this year. Maybe. <laughs> right. Let's go to Micro Swift to cap off this edition of the Race Report. Micro Swift presented by Team Ferris Racing. Headline: Win streak extended to uh, to three for Ives. 
There you go. Yeah, the only blemish for Parker Ives in the Micro Swift category was qualifying. He just missed out on fast time in that session as AJ Stoner was able to pick up the fast time to uh, to lead the field to the green flag in all three heat races. However, the front of the field ended up the same with Parker Ives ahead of Maxwell Macha finishing first and second in all three heat races. So they ended up securing the front row for the main event. And it was those two drivers out front for the majority of the race. Unfortunately, Macha lost the draft with Ives and was uh, just wasn't able to bounce back and, and claw his way back forward. Parker Ives, however, was real consistent throughout the 16 lap main event, uh, actually running his fast lap on lap 12. And then from there was uh, able to take the checkered flag by just over four seconds uh, for his third straight victory. Uh, Macha ends up in second, De Gennaro in third, Wyatt fourth, and Zane Burgess rounding out the top five. Colton Schneegenberg with the Hard Charger Award, 17th up to sixth. Uh, all in all, David, what was the battle like behind the front running duo? Well, Macha actually, you know, when he lost the draft, it was De Gennaro and Wyatt that were able to kind of run him down towards the end of the race. Unfortunately, they were unable to make a move. So the three driver fight for second ended up with uh, no fireworks at the end as Macha. Uh, took the position, but uh, behind them again, you know, great again, micro swift drivers doing a great job, keeping it on track. Um, I believe we had one driver uh, flip over, but the driver was able to walk away after lap five. So uh, aside from that, uh, you know, good racing across the board for, for micro swift category. Again, seeing these drivers uh, continue to get more and more experience. Love it. All right, folks, final break in the action for this edition of the debrief. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We'll have a look at the Constructors' Championship and then cap it all off with the EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship-winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 
30-millimeter construction with a 32-millimeter front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With four cycle racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in brakes and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordan has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. Welcome back to episode 114 of the Debrief, our race report podcast of the USPKS event at Newcastle Motorsports Park, the Indiana Grand Prix in late June. Let's wrap things up here with David Cole, who was trackside for ECAN throughout the weekend. Uh, David, wrap it all up. What are your, your final thoughts here before we head into the Constructors' Championship? Yeah, for the most part, I think it was a good weekend. Uh, one red flag in practice, but uh, no more red flags the rest of the weekend. We did have a couple of flips, as I said, well, the one in micro was the one that kind of stood out. We had a, a parent actually run across a live racetrack, and that's yeah. something we cannot have happen. And they disqualified the driver from the weekend. So we'll see if uh, USPKS takes further action with that. But and again, parents, you got to remember, you cannot just run out onto the live racetrack. You're putting yourself, you're putting the carters, you're putting safety staff in danger. Yeah. All the staff workers that are with these programs, they understand the medical procedures they need to follow. They need to they need to make sure first the driver is either hurt or not hurt, and then they'll take their steps from there. So, um, and again, it happened in practice too when there when that red flag happened, and that we we just have to the micro parents need to kind of take a step back, settle down, let the officials come to them, or go to the officials right away and figure it out from there. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Uh, what else you got? Uh, you know, good starts across the board, you know, throughout the weekend, obviously pushback bumpers are, are the, the focal point at the starts of the races and probably from all the heat races and all the main events, I didn't see any bad starts That's uh, good. in terms listen, of drivers. Listen, let's be real. Newcastle with the, you know, the first couple of corners, it can be, it can get ugly there. Right. And it seemed like it was pretty clean. It can. Yeah, it can, you know, it depends on how the aggressiveness of certain drivers, uh, you know, going, you know, trying to make it three wide when you can't make it three wide. It's, it's, you know, get through the, the, the double file start, get through the couple of corners and then make your, you know, then position yourself for the rest of the opening lap. So exactly. uh, drivers, yeah. So it seemed like the drivers had good heads on uh, in terms of the starts, but again, you know, bigger fields, I think maybe drivers are like, I can't lose a spot. So I'm going to settle down get through. So maybe it's starting to work. You know, I don't think it's necessarily the pushback bumper. I think it's just, you know, 
the bigger fields is if, if I mess up here, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to get a bad result and start in the back. So, that's it. um, the consequences are there, right? Yeah. And again, I'll get into more of that, of the racing part of it, you know, especially with the junior drivers and K 100 junior, I'll, I'll probably get into that and do another column, but, uh, All right. I, 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 I almost I almost had myself convinced that we only need one junior category at this level, but uh, after this weekend, probably not. So okay. we'll, I'll get into more of that in a column later. All right, <laughs> another behind the laptop coming from David Cole, folks. All right, what? I mean, uh, who doesn't want who doesn't want them? <laughs> I love them; they're great. Um, yeah, and then so now it's uh, you know it's preparing the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati for the big show. Um, you know they're going to be welcoming the United States Pro Kart Series for the first time in August, um, and now competitors have essentially two months to prepare for that race. And it, you know again the fourth round championships still up for grabs. A lot can happen uh, that weekend, and of course at the finale at the Track House Motorplex. Yeah, especially with the drop still, right? Available. So exactly. even, if had the, even if you've had a bad one, you can fight on back. Uh, the guys we're going to talk about here, right? And at least the manufacturers didn't have much of a bad weekend. Although, David, based on what you've got here, interesting. Eight different classes, eight different brands winning races. That's interesting. I don't think we've had that happen at USPKS, especially <laughs> no, the double weekend or the double round weekend. So. You know, even Supernats, you know, we've never, we've had multiple brands or a brand win multiple times, but this is certainly unique uh, in terms of the Constructors Championship. We have Red Speed, GFC, Tony Kart, Cosmic, LN Racing Kart, Parallel, Nitro Kart, and Techno Kart all taking a victory on the weekend. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, one win each for eight manufacturers at the USPKS event at Newcastle. Let's cap off this edition and look forward now, as David's kind of already done a little bit, EK and Trackside Live Race Calendar brought to you by DID Chain. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. A rich racing tradition where race results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface, that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this same SDH pin technology, which leads to a longer chain life, as well as an excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing car chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. All right, David, let's have a look at our ECAN Trackside Live events. A couple of races on the docket here for July. First and foremost, a trip out to Pat's Acres Racing Complex, and then we'll cap it all off uh, with the end of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the finale at the Summer Nationals on July 27th to the 30th. Yeah, the special one-off Rock the Park at the park, Pat's Acres Racing Complex in Canby, Oregon. And then two weeks after that, heading back to the Newcastle Motorsports Park, and we'll wrap up the 2023 Supercarts USA Pro Tour with the Summer Nationals, which has been going to Newcastle since, what, 2015, I want to say, correct? Hey, for the number, 20, right? You, you, yeah, you're the stat man. Well, 2014, we're, we're at our the famous Modesto Grand Prix, were we We not? were. That's exactly right. <laughs> Modesto, so oh 20, my God. I'm yeah. shuddering over that one. 
two thirty in the morning wrapping up. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? It was a great time. It was a great time. It really. It was I a terrible like, drive to the airport, but it was a great time in Modesto for us. That you was know, a, we got that was fun. VIP services. You know, yeah, we got to. Yeah street racing night racing all at the same time it was pretty badass it was it was it was yeah it, again the atmosphere was badass the results in yeah, not so much but oh listen was saturday was tough sunday was much better let's put it that way it was if it you was. remember back to that event yeah anyways yeah the supercarts usa pro tour summer nationals will cap off our july coverage july 27 28 29 30 david cole and i'll be there trackside for that one make sure to tune in uh, to all the coverage that we'll have on any, our ECAN socials. Looking forward to that, any, right? Any, any other news surrounding that race? Not yet. Not, not okay. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> some, maybe some cool news about that race will we'll drop. I will cool. say they're doing the reverse or re, national reverse direction. So that's the exciting part. And if they do put the start, the finish line at the original location, I love it. I, there's nothing better. Again, don't get me wrong. National layout, great, but national layout in a reverse, reverse direction. That, like that? Oh, All right. That's just beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right. We'll look forward to that. Uh, again, folks, that caps things off for this edition of the EKN Debrief. Thank you so much for tuning into this one. Obviously, it's been a fantastic show. A lot of great stuff. David Cole giving us the update. A little bit quicker show, David, when we only have one main event to talk about. I like that. Well, that helps. Yeah. I mean, right. I could go on if you want. You mean, you no, want, that's you want good. To... No? Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm sure everybody's had enough. <laughs> I listen, I don't want to, your voice is already strained, David. You haven't had to do one of these for like six weeks. You've been at home doing nothing while I've been out busting oh. my tail on the road. So let's live, let's give your voice a little rest. It's, right? yeah, it's the vocal cords that aren't ready. You know, it's <laughs> not like I'm singing karaoke on the weekends. Come on. That's true. That's very true. Very true. You should try that. Maybe we'll <laughs> keep, keep the pipes warmed up. All right, there we go. No, hold on. I need to know this. What would be Rob Howden's top karaoke song to, to sing to? I don't sing karaoke. Oh, I my gosh. Si- I, I simply, listen, I've said this before. It's one of the things that I wish I could do that I can't do. I, do, I, I, I just can't sing. I wish I could. So all those nights at the Travoltas, you were faking it? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, no, I was. Were you Millie Vanilli in it? <laughs> no, listen, I was ripping it, but so were the other thousand people. Nobody could hear it over the top. I was, I was okay. fine there. All right. <laughs> All right, folks, that wraps things up. This show was brought to you by Parallel USA. Shout out to them for, again, being part of the uh, partnership family here at eCardingNews.com. We could not do what we do without all the partners that we have on EKN. So shout out to Parallel USA. This has been episode 114 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us his full podcast report from this past weekend's USPKS event at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Appreciate you tuning in, folks. Lots more to come. There's just lots more races still to go in the 2023 season, leading to the Supercarts USA Super Nationals, the 26th running of that event uh, in Las Vegas in November. But until then, uh, lots more to come. On behalf of David Cole, folks, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.